Hi, Kirk. Okay, how are you? Good, how are you? Not frustrated at all. Good. You want to talk some fantasy football? I think that's a good idea. <laughs> all right. Well, good. Let's talk uh, Saturday brunch fantasy football. Uh, bringing it to you for our, our uh, 17th year of doing this podcast. Yes, and that changes every episode. Every episode, because it's a new year. Right. So uh, I know we've tried this, uh, and you've said it a million times. But if you could just go ahead and just kind of explain, uh, you know, who our target target audience is for for this uh, for this podcast. Well, really, we really narrowed it down to this one demographic of of white men between the ages of thirty four and forty five, uh, whose whose athletic career peaked in high school. I guess with the exception of one person who is in the Hall of Fame of something for somewhere, mm-hmm. but he doesn't count. He doesn't count. But everybody has, yeah, has a tie to, to Harvard, which is about 14,000 people, I guess. So it's a very targeted audience. Yeah, 1% of, of, a, of a small population. Yes. Uh, so I guess uh, for this for this episode, we should talk a little bit about the leagues we're in um, and the difference in them. And then ultimately what we're going to get to today is our running back rankings, uh, at least for the top 15. And we'll kind of talk about um, where we value them in drafts or else uh, how we think they're going to do end of season. Uh, Very important though, that we are, you know, when we made these rankings, we're not assuming not taking into account injury history or we're not trying to predict injuries. So they may not be on board with what all, all the other experts are, are thinking. Um, we have taken into consideration. That, we have taken into consideration sharing carries. So let's just get that out there. That sharing carries. Yeah. Sharing carries that, that is, is part of the equation. Yeah. Arian, Arian Foster was accused of, sharing carries one year i do remember that um so first of all though let's talk about the the different leagues that we're in um because it'll kind of give you a frame of reference i guess uh, to to understand why we value some of these guys so differently first of all uh the one i guess my primary league would be uh the multi-year dynasty league which is a an auction draft and a keeper league where you can keep as many players as you want. It's 10 teams. It's a full point PPR. And, uh, you know, this is really our only year round league where we, we can have to monitor free agency and things like that. And, and trade off season trades and off season moves, whether we're going to keep players or not. So, um, a lot of work. So that's one. A lot of work involved. Yes. So this is one where we will ha- probably dedicate a few episodes to looking at every team in that league to, you know, I guess kind of predict what they do prior to the draft. Uh, the other one is a uh, Ryan Smocks League, which is a 12-team regular just redraft auction league. We have Matty Ogle's uh, – league can you beat matt which is a 12 team snake draft uh regular redraft league 
and then my family league, which is 10 teams in theory, but about six participate, and that is also a <laughs> redraft league as well. Yeah, you'll notice the transactions so, in there if, uh, are, are heavily in favor of those six that participate and almost non-existent to the others. Yes. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It yeah. really pads your Yahoo Fantasy stats. <laughs> yes. so, uh, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but before we go – before we get into our, our sponsors and our running back rankings. Well, the, um, the, what, it's so hard to do a ranking of running backs when you have a PPR and then a league that doesn't count reception, um, and then you have uh, a league full of, of non-existent people. Um, so it, it, that, that's almost like a waste of time because whatever the Yahoo draft rankings are is what's going to be what they're looking at. But for yeah. the, but the uh, uh, Dynasty League, uh, you're, you're bringing in, you know, you're actually, you know, not ap- applying it at this point because most of these running backs are on a team. And then the, ru- the rookie running backs you never heard of are going to go for high dollar amounts and it just throws it out of whack. So it's that's the hard part of ranking running backs is, you know, people who already have these players, you're never – it doesn't matter what the ranking is because you're not going to be able to touch them. Right. So this so, this, this focus is mo- more or less for that, that redraft auction league and the snake drafts that, where people pay attention. So this is more how we think they'll do as opposed to – how much we would pay for them or where we would draft them. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Well, Hey, before we get into the running back rankings, I just want to thank one of our sponsors, uh, Kern heating and cooling. Um, and they just want to let you know that when they're not sitting on the couch watching sports, they're just uh, ready to bust their butt and make you comfortable at home. (laughs) Uh, we also have a sponsor, a Starbucks, um, their slogan now is, we're not racist, honestly. It was just a coincidence they were black. <laughs> we want to thank them. <clears throat> Good. And they're <laughs> – all right. All right. So, uh, so the, for the rankings, the way we'll do this, I guess, is we'll, we'll go through the um, – and coincidentally, both, both Kirk and I, uh, these are our consensus picks, and – Coincidentally, we both had the same 15 players in our top 15. Um, yeah. So we'll talk about all of them. Yes. We didn't talk beforehand. Uh, but then we'll talk about some of the, the other players that we think are draft-worthy or are notable possible running back twos on a team. Um, <clears throat> so just starting with it, um, you know, for the – we have two players tied for the consensus number one, and – Kirk and I both had these guys flip-flopped, uh, and I'll just go ahead and talk about them and make my case for why I ranked them the way I did, and then I'll pass it over to Kirk. But uh, uh, we have Le'Veon Bell, which I had as number one, Kirk had as number two, and then Todd Gurley, who I had ranked number two, and Kirk had ranked number one. And the reason I have Le'Veon Bell ranked number one is just because of the history. Um, he's got four years of, of – of being in the top 10 um, the, my concerns with him though, are possibly less receptions without Todd Haley there. Uh, 
you know, I mean, he's, he's typically a hundred target a year guy with him. So without Todd Haley, who knows what's going to happen, but he's just the most consistent guy out there. He's been, like I said, the top four, the last four years in points per game. Uh, he was the number two guy last year uh, and he's going to be a part of a great offense. And that's not debatable uh, at this point, as far as Todd Gurley, I think the thing we you need to be concerned about is regression and touchdowns. I think he had 19 total touchdowns last year, which isn't something you can count on. Um, although it seems like after Jeff Fisher got out of there and Todd McVay came in, that uh, it was a very common sense offense and they ran the offense through Todd Gurley, which was, uh, which was reassuring. So I'm confident in having him at number two, just, you know, I would, if I was at the number one slot, I would pick Le'Veon Bell. So what do you think, Kirk? Well, and, and, for for the reasons you're just stating, you know, uh, Todd Haley's gone. Um, uh, he so I I feel like that where one's going to increase, where Gurley's going to increase second year with McVeigh. You have you have wide receivers that uh, that they're picking up that they're trying to load up on to try to take a little pressure off of him. I think that's going to you know give him more opportunity to be able to work in space in both the running and passing game. Um, whereas Bell, I feel like you'll see a little drop. It's these are like one and one a. You you're you're still going to get the same action with Le'Veon Bell, um, but it it may just look different. And I, I just feel like there's going to be a, a small regression uh, for initially. Plus, he doesn't like to go to training camp and work out with the team. So he you know yeah. you don't know what slow starts going to feel like coming into a new offense. And how new will it be? You don't know. I mean, it may be yeah. the same, same language and same everything else, but I still just think one should be ascending. He's younger. Um, and the other one just be on a small decline, but they still kind of stand above the other running backs as one A and one B. Yeah. No, very good. So again, just to reiterate that these rankings are full point PPR. Um, so just take that into consideration. Uh, next, just just like we had – oh, sorry, did you want to say something? Nope. All right. So just like we had a tie at number one, we had those players flip-flopped. We have the same thing going on with two players tied at number three. Um, again, I'll state my case first. I have Ezekiel Elliott at number three and David Johnson at number four, where Kirk has David Johnson at number three and Ezekiel Elliott at number four. Uh, the reason I'm going with Zeke at number three is – well, the last two years, his only two years in the league, he in points per game for a full point PPR, he has been the number three guy in both years. Um, he's the most consistent, even last year, which uh, you know didn't feel as great. He was still averaging over twenty points a game. Uh, you know what you're getting with him, and with Des Bryant gone and with Dak looking bad, I mean really bad without him. Again, I think the offense is going to run through him. And uh, I just don't know who else that offense goes to. They have a good offensive line. And, uh, you know, he's just he's just proven it every game he's been there. As far as David Johnson, he is, I guess, for the top four guys, that top tier, he's got the most question marks uh, with a new quarterback, new coach. Um, and really, he's he's only had, you know, the one great year is, is what we're basing everything off of, even though it was a great year, you know, over 80 catches. But um, he also had 20 touchdowns 
in that number in his number one year two years ago. And I just don't think you can count on 20 touchdowns. So that's going to come down. That offense is not going to be very good or not as good as, as some of the other offenses we're talking about. So that's why I would just feel more confident with Zeke, even though David Johnson could very well be the number one running back for the year. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say that's that's why I, I feel like he, for, for me, he's slightly more valuable because, A, he's coming off an injury that didn't, you know, wasn't like a knee or a hip or an ankle. It was a wrist. So he had a whole year of rest. Um, uh, so he's got healthy legs. Um, according to him, they're going to have the best offense with Sam Bradford. So I don't know yeah. if I have a lot of weight behind that, but um, Sam Bradford – for as little as he's done in his life and how much money he's made, when he steps into an offense where he's comfortable, things seem to go smooth. Um, so I, I, I feel like Johnson's more like I want him because I think his upside's just a little bit more than Elliott because now that they've seen Dak for three years, you know, he was a question mark as to how good he was. So teams weren't as concerned with him. He did well in his first year. And like you said, struggled in the second year without Elliott around. Uh, I think Elliott's going to be great. So I, I, you know, I just think that Johnson has that slight upside. He's fresher, um, and they still have a. I mean, right now their wide receiving core, while not that great, is I think in a better position than Dallas's is. So there's again a little bit more pressure off he'll be able to catch more passes out of the backfield um, because they'll actually draw some attention to the wide receivers. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald's still there, and he's still an 80-plus catch guy. So I, I, th- I think that there's a little bit more balance with, with Arizona, Yeah, I hope. If- yeah, I, I think the, the one thing, like you said, if Sam Bradford's there, he's an accurate quarterback. Um, but I don't know what the over-under on – the amount of games he'll play is, and, and Mike Lennon is the backup in Arizona, which can't be. Again, another quarterback who didn't, who has done nothing and has signed wonderful yeah. deal. He's made a yeah. lot of money. The, you know, the, the thing you know with Elliott is when he's in the game, he he's going to get the ball and he's going to do well. And it's yeah. just, you know, uh, you know, if a team's going to key on him, you know, how much is that going to affect him? Can the offensive line handle that still? Um, you know, I again, if you flip flop these and told me that was mine, I'd probably say that's correct, and I could argue for it. So, okay. So, hey, moving on. Uh, so we both have the same. Uh, uh, the next guy, we both have him ranked at number five. So he is obviously our consensus number five, and that's Kareem Hunt. Um, so Kareem Hunt led the league in rushing in his rookie year. Um, you know, and I think the big thing here, so they have a new offensive coordinator, Matt Nagy went to the Bears. Um, but, you know, Andy Reid gave away his play calling in the middle of the season. But the big thing is, like, the, the Chiefs, they got off to that really hot start when they fed Cream Hunt the ball. Then they got away from that, and they started losing a lot of games. Then at the end of the season, they started giving him the ball again, and they started winning again. And I, I just – I can't imagine that they would go away from that, uh, especially when your veteran quarterback is now you traded him away and you got essentially you have a rookie back there at quarterback. Um, you know, he 
he was a great PPR guy. I think he had, hold on here, he had 53 catches last year, 63 targets, which a lot of that has to be credited to Alex Smith, but there's just a lot to like about him and his big game potential. Yeah, the, with with Mahomes, you know, being new, yeah, yeah, it's great he throws the ball a long way, but he needs to be able to get into a rhythm to be able to get those deep shots and starts with either running the ball or short, quick passes. Um, I think I think Hunt for Andy Reid's uh, Andy Reid is uh, that's his closest to a Brian Westbrook, and if he can just utilize him in the same light, have him always involved in the game. I mean, he's. He's stuck at five because he's got four guys that are just we think are better. But you know, at the end of the year, he's one of those guys that you know you could you could say he could be just as you know number one again uh, with even with a healthy Bell. Everybody else is healthy. He could still be better than them. Yeah. It's, you don't you don't know how they're going to use like you said. If when they gave him the ball, he was fine and he he was he was effective. So just stick with the plan. Okay, hey, so moving on to, again, number six, we again have the – we both uh, ranked this guy number six. So he's our consensus number six, and that's Leonard Fournette. Last year finished uh, points per game in PPR, finished seventh overall in points per game. Uh, and I, th- I really think you're just kind of scratching the surface with him. There was a lot of hype around him maybe being the next, you know, Ezekiel Elliott or Todd Gurley kind of hot rookie running back and he really didn't disappoint he gets all the goal line work uh, Blake Bortles they're not going to rely on him within in inside the 10 yard line uh, the only thing with Fournette though is just the history of lower body injuries I think that maybe you know maybe you notice a little bit of a tear break here to where you're comfortable with those other guys ahead of him um, that's the only thing that gives me concern with Leonard Fournette. But I think as far as talent-wise and how he handled, you know, some some 30-plus carry games last year, I think there's a lot to be excited about with him. Yeah, he's all he's all on the ground. He's not. He's they don't seem to um, utilize him in the passing game. He he's of the mold of uh, of an Adrian Peterson to where you know his touches are coming from the backfield. Uh, give him a running start. Let him see the let him see the hole. He's yeah, he's dynamic uh, with the ball given to him. I, I didn't see too much of him, you know, catching the ball. How many did he did, – do you have his his receptions last yep. So, he in 13 games, he had 36, which is, you know, Typical uh, two running. and a half a game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because at that time they had other running backs that, that filled that need um, – you know, maybe because of his, him being a rookie, maybe that's just not something they feel comfortable with. But you know, I feel like that's that's going to be more of the of the same coming up. Is he's going to dominate the carries and and kind of yield the, uh, the the receptions to other running backs in other situations. Plus, you have Blake Tortles, who you have no idea what you're going to get out of him. Yeah. All right, good. Uh, so moving on, so our. Again, we have a, a, a tie at number seven, um, and the first guy here is, is Melvin Gordon. I have him ranked number seven. Kirk, you have him uh, ranked number nine. Uh, so I'm a little bit higher on him, so I'll go first on Melvin Gordon. Um, first of all, uh, the thing I like about him, especially in PPR, is actually if I were to ask you, how many, how many receptions do you think he had last year? And I didn't look at it, so I'm going to say he's around the 50 mark 
Yeah. So he had 58 catches last year, which, you know, um, I'll take that, you know, yeah. for PPR, I, I, you, p- people don't typically think about him in that light. No. Um, no. And, and they, you know, that's, that's almost four points a game just in catches alone, not, not to mention receiving yards. Um, but, you know, I think that team got better. They got really hot late and I think they're going to ride that momentum. Um, you know, there's no one really there threatening them for carries. I think Austin Eckler may threaten them for receptions, but it didn't really seem to make a difference last year. And if you look at his last two years, so his rookie year was kind of a bust. He didn't score any touchdowns, but in 2016, he was the number five guy points per game. Last year, the number six guy points per game. So I think that's pretty I, – I feel very comfortable having him ranked at, at number seven overall. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I have him I have him lower. You know, I think at the time, I don't think I looked at his receptions um, – as heavily because like you said, I, I kind of, I, I thought of him more of a, as a carry guy um, like Fournette. Um, just, I don't know. There's some, the, the chargers, not, the chargers. Yeah, he's open. not sexy. What's that? He's not sexy to watch. Yeah. Yeah. He, there's something about, he got, he got better as, uh, you know, as games got, went on. Um, I'm just, I'm just nervous about Sandy. Diego. I have a hard time. Um, believing that they're on, they're going to be balanced. Um, although I like Keenan Allen, so I, I, I mean, Philip Rivers is where? When's the drop off? When is he going to become a liability um, to the team? So I don't know. I just, I just wasn't so high on him. No, I don't blame you. All right. So I think uh, so. Moving on to the next guy, who also tied for number seven. Uh, we both have him. Excuse me. We both had him ranked at number eight, mm-hmm. and I think this next guy, Alvin Kamara, is probably. I can see him all over people's draft boards. He finished last year as the number four running back uh, in points per game, and he kind of just, you know, really took the league by storm. Um, the reason I have him lower is I just don't think his yards per carry and yards per reception. I I don't think those numbers are sustainable. I don't think the touchdowns are sustainable. Um, He may get more carries. He may steal some of those carries away from Mark Ingram, but he's not going to get more targets. Let's see. He had how many, uh, he had a hundred targets last year. He, you know, he may get five or 10 more targets, but we're not going to see any more in the receiving game. And the thing about him, with those 100 targets, he turned it into 81 catches for 826 yards. I just don't see a running back getting more than 826 yards in a season. Um, but, you know, hey, he was definitely a difference maker, so we'll see how it goes. But, I, I, um, I again, with a, with a guy who's not the main running back for a team, I don't know how I'd feel with him as my number one running back on my team. Uh, yeah, it's it, he's not even the number one number one running back on his team yet. With him ranked higher than the guy who is, who also played extremely well, given his 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 uh, limited touches. I mean, that was a backfield that had uh, a Hall of Famer in it that was just just he didn't do anything. They traded him away, so it was kind of cool to see Mark Ingram take over and then Alvin Kamara just. He'll light it up. So I, I, 
I tend to think that, yeah, this is, I think eight is, is the average. I mean, I think he could drop because, you know, you know, teams see him, they see where his skill set is. Um, he's so hard to guess because, you know, is it going to be this game? He's, he's used a lot and everything matches up. And then the next game, Mark Ingram is going to be used a lot more. Or are they going to rely on momentum or how they're doing in the game? Um, you almost kind of hope for an injury if you got Alvin Kamara, but you got to, you know, all right, you know, get banged up Ingram and then, then he can dominate both uh, carries and, and receptions. And I didn't see him do that well uh, carries wise. What was his per carry you said? So he actually, I mean, per carry, he was averaging over six yards a carry. The issue is he only had, he only had 120 carries. So, Okay, that was the low part. He they just didn't give it to him. Yeah, so I mean, he has seven hundred twenty-eight rushing yards. I can see there being a bump in in the number of carries. I don't think the yards per carry is sustainable. Yeah. And again, I, I just don't see any increase in the passing game. But and and, and yeah. Andrew Brees is going to call the game. You know what they're giving him. If, you know if he's going to, he just he got he has Michael Thomas and uh, they they have. Um, Oh, what was the receiver they just picked up? Oh, I thought it was good. They did lose Willie Sneed. Um, the, yeah. um, I'm drawing a blank with who the who the other receiver for the Saints is. But, you know, Drew Brees calls the game somewhat, you know, based on what he sees. And, you know, as long as they're, as long as they're in the lineup or on the field at that time, there's a good chance that, he's going to, you know, try to utilize them um, because they're both still kind of young. I mean, Ingram's still kind of young and Al Kamara is very young and very dynamic. So, you know, I think he's, he's definitely on an up. It's just, you know, what are they going to do? Is it going to be the same or is it going to be different? Right. So, um, so moving on, we actually have uh, coincidentally, so we have two players tied at nine. And the first one we'll talk about is the teammate of Alvin Kamara, and that's Mark Ingram. I have him ranked at number nine. You have him at number ten. Um, and the thing is, like, he's he's sneaky good. So he's been in the top ten points per game for the last four years. Last year he was number eight. The year before he was number ten, and the year before that, 2015, he was number six. Um, it's he is kind of an anomaly though, uh, because. Yeah, it, it really does seem like Sean Payton does not like him. And I don't know why, because he's been so solid for that. But, you know, if you've got a guy in Alvin Kamara who had 81 receptions last year, if I were to say that, again, same question as Melvin Gordon, how many catches would you think uh, Mark Ingram had last year? Yeah, he would, he'd have to be on the lower side. I mean, I, I, would say, I would say between 30 and 40. Yeah, so he was actually ninth in the league for running backs and catches. He had the same as Melvin Gordon. He had 58 catches last year. Oh, wow, yeah. Which is, which is unbelievable. So he only had, you know, 1,100 rushing yards, only 230 carries, which is not a lot for a lot of the top 10 guys. A lot of the guys are up over 250 carries is what you hope for. But mm-hmm. he still is very relevant in the receiving game. Um, and, again, I think you just look at the last four years, he's done it. I think – Sean Payton, if he were to go away from the running backs this year, would just I'd be awful coaching because I think I really think that they were the best team in the NFC last year. 
Um, and it was because their offense ran through Kamara and through Ingram. So, yeah. And what, what, what we have to, we have to always consider is, is where, again, Drew Brees, he's up there in age at some point, he's going to drop off as, you know, he's going to lose some zip. He's always accurate. And, you know, if you have, if you have a, a, a high percentage pass, that's going to go to somebody who's going to catch it five yards out. And then we get another five yards automatically that's your play rather than trying to push the ball down the field where you don't have that type of, those type of targets anymore. There is no Jimmy Graham. Um, Michael Thomas is just a good receiver. He's not, you know, he doesn't take the top off the defense. Um, and, 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 and is Drew Brees going to go that route? Is he going to throw the deep ball? I just don't, he's always relied on good receivers. And if you have two running backs that can catch the ball, you know, give it to them. I, I, I think that yeah. makes it's going to go until they find a new quarterback um, uh, going forward. All right. So the other guy tied at number nine was the the one running back that you and I had the biggest disparity on as far mm-hmm. as our rankings. I have him all the way down at number 12, which, you know, in the 12-team league, he's still a running back number one. You, you had him up at number seven, which is – probably where most people would probably have him, and that's where he's been the majority of his career, and that's LaShawn McCoy. Uh, last year, he was number nine points per game. Uh, 2016, he was number four. 2015, number 11. So the, the reason I have him so low is just I, I don't know what that team's doing. Um, you know, it, they, they were on a, a – they had a winning record last year, and they benched their starting quarterback. They trade him away to the Browns this year. Um, they trade away their best receiver, you know. So it's it's all of that. And then his age, I just don't know what to expect from that offense and and really what to expect from him. I, it, he's always kind of overcome the bad team stigma, but bad offense stigma. But I just I don't know what to make of him. Well, I, 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 I guess, um, you know, his weight is going to carry more in the, um, in the, the traditional standard scoring, um, than I think in a PPR and, you know, maybe that's why I felt like he was a little bit higher, um, on my board. Cause you know, I, I tend to lose, lose train of thought and think, Oh, well, you know, in, in the auction draft, he get, he's going to get the he's be a figment of that offense. That's the only thing that they have playmaker wise that didn't get traded away. Um, you know, they're, they, they have, you know, they're a revolving door wide receiver, you know, who knows who the running, who the quarterback is going to be. So if nothing else, you can, you could say, Hey, I could take McCoy. I know given his, given him being healthy, he seems to still have his, his burst. He still seems to have, that ability to to carry the ball 15 to 20 times or at least touch the ball 15 to 20 times. I still think he's going to be very he's, – he's the most important part of that offense right now. And going forward, based on what they we think they're going to do, he's they're going to need him more than ever. So I yeah. feel like that's where it's almost like a must that I feel like he's a little bit higher because of value to his team. Yeah. So yeah, other than Zay Jones, name one one other skilled player on that team. 
<laughs> I don't. I, Richie Incognito retired. I wonder how much impact that's going to have on him. I mean, this was well, made. Yeah, so, so was it? Was so he the only traded away in the hole? They traded. Yeah, they traded away a starting offensive lineman, and then two others, Eric Wood and Richie Incognito, both retired. Um, you know, last year he had 59 catches, which is great. Uh, but only six touchdowns, and I just don't see that offense scoring a lot of touchdowns. But uh, he'll be an interesting one. I, I just don't think you'll see I, – I can almost guarantee he will not be on any of my, my teams next year. So uh, moving on, you know, uh, at number 11, we have um, – again, this is another anomaly. This is kind of – we had a very small sample size last year, but – Number 11, we have Dalvin Cook, who I have ranked at number 10. You have at number 11 uh, in points per game. In only four games last year, he was the number 10 running back. Um, you know, coming back to Minnesota, Jarek McKinnon is gone. Um, I, th- I think, you know, you have to look at the, the timing of his injury. It happened very early in the season, so the expectations are that he'll be fine moving forward or at least ready for the beginning of this season. Um, it's going to be a good offense. It's going to be a good defense. That team is going to put up points. So he, he showed he could do it both running and passing game. So um, really it's, again, I wouldn't blame somebody for not wanting to take him at all because there's just so many unknowns with him and it was such a small sample size, but he had to like what you saw from him last year. Yeah. His, his offensive balance, the team that he's a part of, it seems to it, they're one of the more balanced as far as reliability. Even the tight end, you know, he's a he's a good blocker, he's a good receiver. The wide receivers are coming back. Um, they they didn't sign his only threat to to take away stuff in, in McKinnon. Um, so it, it's set up to where you have a supposed you know mellow quarterback and Kirk Cousins who's going to do what's best for the offense um, each time. And I think with that balance, he's going to have those big games, and then he's going to have a lot of, you know, good games to where his value could be, you know, could be up a lot higher once you see him run and once you see him perform. Um, but, yeah, I, I, big question mark on him. It's, you know, was it a fluke? Was it, you know, people didn't know what to expect? Um, and hopefully Kirk Cousins can add to his value rather than, you know, hinder it. Yeah, so so the big thing was last year, uh, you know, Jarek McKinnon had 51 catches in that offense, and after after Cook got hurt, you saw both Murray and McKinnon both had fantasy value, so I think, uh, I, I think there'll be plenty to go around for Cook to have a good year next year. Yeah. Um, the next guy, number 12, is one of the more interesting ones. And this ranking is probably so high because it is a points per reception uh, ranking. And that's Christian McCaffrey. I have him at number 11. You have him at 13. Uh, in points per game last year, he was number 13. Um, the reason I like him is just, I mean, so Jonathan Stewart is gone. He had 113 targets last year. And I just don't know who else on that offense is going to threaten him for touches. Um, he, in a PPR, I, I, I truly think he's got top 10 or top five potential. The only thing that gives me worry with this team. And again, just to reiterate this, this podcast has taken place before the NFL draft is that 
Carolina may very well likely draft a running back very early to be the more stereotypical running back. But Christian McCaffrey, uh, we have at number 12. Yeah, I, 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 you know, yeah, he did finish 13. I didn't, I don't think I knew that, but I knew he was, you know, he was in the top half of, uh, of the, you know, number of running backs. And I, you know, I thought he was just going to stay the same. I don't see him. He's not going to take over any extra duties uh, in the second year. He's not any bigger. He's not any more dynamic. So, uh, yeah, I think I feel like they're, you know, they're going to have a runner that's going to carry, do most of the carries and, and rely on him in the same light. He may, he may be on the field more, but um, yeah, I just feel like he's going to be the same. Not, not too enamored with him. He'd be a good second running back. Um, in a PPR league. Yeah, he had 80 catches last year, less, but less than four yards a carry, um, only 117 right. carries. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Okay. So, moving on, uh, our number 13, which is uh, when I say the name, it's going to f- feel like kind of low for him because last two or three years, uh, everybody's pr- kind of propped him up as – a number one guy, and that's Devonta Freeman. Last year, he was 12th in points per game, still at running back number one. Uh, the year before that, he was the number six guy. The year before that, he was in 2015, he was the number one overall running back in points per game. Uh, I have him at 12, right? You have him. I have him at 13. You have him at 12. So, um, you know, the, the reason I'm just kind of lower on him is just was really the offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian. Just, I, I just don't know what he what he was thinking and what he did with that team last year. Um, his catches, you know, Freeman's catches were the lowest they had ever been. Um, that was obviously, you know, change in the uh, in the offensive coordinator. His his goal line opportunities were lower. Uh, he's very talented. He's going to be part of a good offense and a good team. So. I would I would love to have him as a running back number two. I just I just don't know how how many looks he's going to get as a running back number one. And he's probably I guess other than the two Saints running back, he's the one who has the most talented backup that challenges him for touches uh, uh, compared to all the other guys we've talked about. So, um, but he's kind of an interesting one as well. Yeah, I, yeah, I you know the offensive coordinator does mess with them because, you know, Mike Shanahan or Kyle Shanahan, you know, utilized him extremely well. The whole offense ran better when he was calling the plays. Um, and so I think, <clears throat> I think he's on the down just be, not because of his skill set or not because he doesn't have the ability. It's just, you know, they just, they don't have, you know, I don't, I don't know who that offensive coordinator. He came from college, right? Yeah, he's a UFC uh, guy. Maybe, yep. Yeah, maybe maybe there's maybe there's some growth in him that's going to you know impact uh, Freeman's. But yeah, I, it's just I couldn't I couldn't make him any higher you know without you know second guessing myself. Okay. Hey, so at fourteen is a guy we we both had ranked at fourteenth. Uh, he was 16th in points per game last year, ninth in his rookie year, 2016, uh, and that's Jordan Howard. Um, so I think he'll do a little bit better this year. He's going to be on a, a better team than last year. Uh, they have a, a they got Fox out of there as their head coach. They have an offensive minded coach now. 
Um, I just think he's got a ton of talent. He's going to get a ton of catches or uh, touches, excuse me. Um, he's going to score more touchdowns because he'll be better. Uh, his big issue, though, is he can't catch to save his life. Um, but Jordan Howard, I, you know, he's kind of near and dear to our heart because we drafted him as our number two running back in in the auction league last year. But I, I, I like him a lot, and I, I think he'll do well in this new offense. They've got some new weapons there too. So He's, he's one of those guys that, you know, when given the opportunity, looks really, really good. And he, he really passes the eye test um, of what you want. And Tarek, Tariq Cohen is never going to threaten him for anything more than just catching the ball to the backfield and being used as a weapon, um, you know, to, you know, for mismatches and stuff. I don't think Howard will go away as, as the dominating running back because he can do so many things once he has the ball. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I really feel bad putting him down at 14, but you know, until there's some evidence of, of positive usage out of that team, you know, he's, he's going to stay down there. Yeah. 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 I think it's just a matter of liking other guys more, not necessarily a, yeah, yeah. That, that we don't like him. Uh, okay, so uh, another controversial guy we have at 15, and we both have him ranked at 15, and that's Jarek McKinnon. Um, so filled in really well for Dalvin Cook after he got hurt last year. Um, and the Niners threw a ton of money at him, $30 million over four years, um, which is a lot for a running back, especially a running back who's unproven. Um And here's why I like him. He had 51 catches last year. And if you look at Kyle Shanahan, this is is the number of of reception that his number one running back has had the last three years. 59, which was Carlos Hyde. Then when he was in Atlanta with uh, Devonta Freeman, Freeman had 54 and then 73 catches. Um, I I think McKinnon is going to have at least 55 catches. Uh, He's going to get the brunt of the carries and nobody's really going to threaten him for that. And, I think that offense is going to do well. They've got a lot of weapons. They were scoring when Garoppolo was in there. Um, I just think you have a very safe floor with McKinnon. The only thing I worry about is his smaller frame and his, if he'll get hurt. But, um, again, we're not assuming injury here. So I, I would feel very comfortable with him as a running back number two on my team. Yeah, I would have, I would have never put him in, you know, I think or almost any other – offense other than other than Shanahan just because of the way they he's he utilizes his running backs uh, a lot of balance um he gets the most out of them gets the most out of his quarterback too uh I'm not saying Garoppolo is a bad choice but he he's going to elevate Garoppolo and give him that ability to be able to throw the ball to to many different you know points on the field and you know the running back always be in the flat or on a boot. I mean, I, I, I really like Kyle Shanahan and I, I'm, I'm disappointed that he's not, he's, he was not, did not stay in Cleveland and did not become the head coach of the Browns. So I, I'm, I think, I think McKinnon is in like in the bottom, you know, twenties, thirties, if he's on any other team as their number one uh, yeah. easily. And he, he, he almost, you know, he comes, he looks so much better. Yeah, is he going to be a thousand yard back? I don't think so. Yeah, you know, but I think his combined and his total yards will 
will definitely be up there to where you're going to say, wow, he's, you know, he's someone you want on your team, um, you know, second, you know, as a second running back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, hey, that kind of rounds out our, our running back rankings. There's still like a, a few more guys here though. I, I, I'd love to talk about and kind of just, you know, we can just discuss whether we would keep them on our team or not. Uh, and, and some of them are, are more just interesting backfield dynamics within teams and where there may be multiple guys that are draftable. You just don't know which guy is going to be the guy. Uh, but before we get to those, though, I want to just uh, kind of talk about a guy who I think has top 10 potential. Uh, there's a couple of guys. There are two guys here I think have top 10 potential, uh, but you just don't really know what's going on there. The first one, though, is Joe Mixon uh, from the Bengals. Uh, he did not look great last year. Um, but, yeah, they got rid of Jeremy Hill. This should be his team. Uh, you know, A.J. Green is obviously there. Eifert, if he's healthy. But other than that, I just think this offense will run through Joe Mixon. I'd just be kind of curious uh, what you think What you think of him. He, yeah, it's yeah. he's, he's a walker. Yeah, he's, he doesn't have a threat. Uh, Bernard hasn't changed in any form. You know, he, he's just a dynamic – you know, complimenting runner. Um, he'll. I think last year, remember, he had some really big games just because of the way the flow of the game went. Uh, but you know, if Mixon's not getting ten to fifteen carries at minimum a game, then you know, is what is the problem? Is it him not being able to to know what the play is? Or I mean, he's physically gifted enough to be getting the ball ten to fifteen times at a minimum a game. So that that's what I would be looking for. And if that's the case, he may have a higher value uh, going into the next year. Yeah. Uh, another guy I think also has top 10 potential, uh, but it's just kind of the team dynamic. You don't really know what to make. And that's Jay Ajayi. Uh, he looked unbelievable last year when the Eagles gave him the ball. Um, you know, it seemed like some of his games, he was averaging seven, eight, nine yards a carry, but they only gave him the ball nine or 10 times. Um, it seemed like he was always breaking off a big one or scoring a touchdown. But what do you think about him and, and the role that he'll have next year with no Legarrette Blunt? Yeah, it's it's weird. He had he had that rise and he was on high and he's just been disappointing ever since. Yet, like you said, you watch him and you're saying, give him the ball, give him the ball. I think this year could be a bounce back year. I wouldn't stake anything on it because you have other guys that. You, you can show promise. You can show actual output by, via the coaching of it. Like with McKinnon, you know, you can rely on Kyle Shanahan to take care of him. Um, but, you know, I think Jay Ajayi has that ability to, you know, he can have a 150-yard game um, all of a sudden, but are they going to utilize him each week to where that's his ceiling? Or are they going to just go with the game flow and, you know, and, and see how it goes. So then I, that's that's frustrating as an owner to watch someone have 26 points and then all of a sudden they have two. Yeah. And there's nothing they're doing wrong other than they're just not part of the game plan right. for that day. So he's, he's good, just is he consistent. Yeah. Okay. So um, now let's look at some of these tandem backfields that um, you just really don't know who the guy is. Uh, the first one I'll start with is, sure something you you care a lot about is the Cleveland backfield 
So, yeah, obviously have your big signing of Carlos Hyde, who I think it was three years, $15 million, which isn't as much as some other free agents got. Um, so mm-hmm. Hyde, Hyde was actually the number nine overall running back points per game last year. And then you also have Duke Johnson, who is in uh, PPR, um, is a very formidable running back. Um, and then, you know, the other thing, we won't talk about it too much, but there's the threat of them drafting a running back early. So if, if they were not to draft a running back, how do you feel about Carlos Hyde and, and, and Duke Johnson? Yeah, I think Carlos Hyde is an upgrade from Crowell. Um, you know, Crowell was, was that running back that if the hole was there, and, you know, and it was big enough, he'd get through it. Um, if it wasn't, he'd trip on his feet or run right into the backs of his, of his blockers. He just wasn't, wasn't able to create. So I think Carlos Hyde, which, which, will, which will hurt uh, Duke Johnson because they would just put Duke Johnson in um, as a running back and he would look good, but then they'd never sustain him because I don't know if there's some allegiance to Crowell. I don't know, but he had 80 catches last year. I don't, I don't know of any running back that's that was on the field less and had more catches uh, the way he did. He was very dynamic. I just, I don't see it being something to where you're going to look to him to be your starter unless there's an injury. Um, Carlos Hyde, I feel like is going to get the bulk of the carries and, and be the lead back, assuming they don't take a running back. I don't think that they will, but what the hell do I know? They're going to, you know, if they take Saquon Barkley, you know, maybe that'll make uh, um, Duke Johnson's value still stay stable because he still adds that value of being on the field as a complimenting running back. But I don't want to waste any more time with them because who knows what's going to happen. The only good thing is, is Todd Haley's there, and he utilizes his running backs a lot. And – you know, hopefully that will be, regardless of who they have, that'll be the thing where you can look to and say, he's the positive. I'm going to draft them uh, over somebody else who's similar that because I feel like he's going to get the most out of them. Yeah, Duke Johnson, uh, number 16 in points per game in a PPR league last year, so not too shabby. Uh, the next yeah. backfield I want to get to is a uh, really interesting one is Tennessee. So they released DeMarco Murray, and now they have Derrick Henry, who seemed to be the guy. And they kind of told him he's going to be the guy. But then Tennessee goes ahead and signs Deion Lewis to big, big offseason contract. So what do you make of that? Who would you have uh, of the two there? Who do you think is going to be the guy? Uh, it, you know, it, when drafting, you know, with a snake, uh, Henry is instantly more appealing you know, depending upon the round, you know, say you forgot about your backup running back, uh, you've already drafted two, He's, he looks a heck of a lot better to be on your bench um, than anybody else because I think he's, I think he's going to be the guy carries-wise. And, you know, Deion Lewis is going to have to fit in. Um, so I would, I would, you know, in a snake draft, again, you know, if he's still there because people forgot about him, uh, he's one of the guys I would look to get. Um, maybe a little bit sooner um, than necessary because you know he's going to be a starter and you know he's going to get carries. He's a big guy. There's only so much they can do with him. He's a big guy. So he's, 
you know, yeah. auction wise, gosh, that's so that's so hard to to determine just because, you know, when does he when he gets when he gets nominated could determine his value and you could have a steal or drastically overpay it for him. Yeah, I, I think uh I think you'll see some people overpay for Henry. Um, you know, his his stats last year were I think kind of skewed. He had two 75-yard runs at the end of games when the defenses just kind of gave up to games were out of hand. Um, right. So, but, yeah. I they are a playoff team. Yeah, they're a playoff team. I just don't know if he's more Trent Richardson than, than Mark Ingram or what. But uh, the ne- next team we'll talk about is New England. Um, so, they signed Jeremy Hill. They have James White. They've got Rex Burkhead. And they also still have Mike Gillisley. Uh out of those guys, I guess you have to think Rex Burkhead is maybe the most fantasy appealing. Would you take a stab at any of those guys? Um, yeah, that that's, uh, I guess, on a snake draft, you're looking for players you recognize. Yeah, um, you know, you know, with Rex Burkhead, he it's that he could be a flash in the pan. You know, he his. His, again, his skill set isn't. I mean, how they use him isn't determined by whether he's good or not. It's how does Bill Belichick see him fit yeah. in the plan? Yeah, there was different games last year when Gillisley was the guy, then James White, then Burkhead, and then Dion Lewis at the end. Gillisley of the year. disappeared for a period of time. I don't even know. I mean, was he? Did he quit football for Who's for that? a few weeks? Did Gillisley quit football for a few weeks? It didn't seem like he was. Well, yeah, they didn't dress. They didn't uh, dress him for the sec- whole second half of the season. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so that, very unusual. Yeah, I mean, Burkhead is kind of an uh, he's kind of an attractive guy to pick because you know he'll have some big games, but you may want to stay away from him as well because it may only be four or five games a year that he's the guy. In most in most years, it's kind of an odd thing. In most years as a Browns fan, I would stay away from uh Patriots running backs uh uh not quite as much as I'd stay away from Browns running backs, even though I'd still pick a Browns running back. This year it seems like the backfield in Cleveland fantasy wise, I feel like you can you can pick up either one and be better off consistency wise yeah. rather than, you know, than Having that, you know, do I, is he even playing? You know, is Gilsey dressing? Is he playing? And even if he is playing, what does that mean? Is he right. going to get two or 20 touches? Yep, touchdown dependent. So, all right, uh, next one is Green Bay. Who's going to be the – is it going to be Aaron Jones or Jonathan Williams? I have no freaking clue. Yeah, me neither. And, <laughs> and, then, and then also, what's, you know, what's T.Y. Uh, uh, or Ty – Excuse me, Ty Montgomery. What's his role going to be? I I think he I think he is uh, he has fallen off on them. Um, I think you're going to have your traditional running backs be you know your go to. They showed a lot of uh, a lot of gumption when they were in place. Um, you know they're also in a position to where there's there's running backs to be drafted that um, again could pad that backfield and just move Ty Montgomery further down, maybe he's back into a wide receiver role, um, which is a shame for him because he, he looked good in, in, in certain spots seemed to be reliable, but yeah, this this is, uh, this is an important question for, for 
both you and I because I have Aaron Jones in the keeper league and you have Jonathan Williams. I, I'm sure either yeah. of us would be happy to keep the starting running back for the Packers, but um, I just don't know who it's going to be. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a coin flip because they don't talk about it that much. No. So the last one, uh, the last one I want to talk about here is just the Miami Dolphins. And, uh, you know, I have Kenyon Drake on my keeper league when at the end of last year, he was looking fantastic. Um, you know, they get rid of, uh, Damon Williams, who was really his only, his only threat for touches after they traded away Jay Ajahi, but then they, they signed yeah. Frank Gore in the off season. So I don't know what the, what the target share or the touch share is going to be there between Drake and Gore. If this is Drake's team with Gore as a, a supplement or what, but, um, you know, I'm kind of torn right now on on how I should view Kenyon Drake going into the off season uh, with him on my keeper team. Yeah, keeper wise, you know, you're looking just at his value because you know he's he's going to last longer in the league, I would imagine, than Frank Gore. Um, so there's there's that magic line of if Frank, if all Frank Gore is going to do is just take his production. That's you know, I, I don't, I, I don't understand the signing of Frank Gore, but you know, you know, you're you're owning Kenyon Drake. It's just like, well, what the heck? You know, he's just he's just going to take away the carries, and you know, is he worth having on your team? Yeah, uh, you know, if there's long term value and you see Frank Gore's career is over, then yeah, you may want to keep him. But you know, yeah. that's one of those things. What? What about uh, you know, what popped into my head? Did did Doug Martin sign with the Raiders? Doug Martin is on the Raiders. Yeah. So so yeah. So okay. yeah. Doug Martin and Marshawn Lynch on the Raiders is another interesting one to look at. I think I don't know if Lynch is still the the starter on that team or what. But who knows what you're going to get out of out of uh, out of a um, out of an offense now with a guy who hasn't been coaching football for what 12 years well yeah exactly so i'm not you know i'm not touching either of those guys i didn't i didn't want to touch marshawn lynch last year and uh i'm still kind of you know frank gore put up better numbers than than marshawn lynch did last year so yeah frank frank you know what if nothing else if you have frank gore on your team and you don't have to start him that's a good bench you know, because yep. he's just gonna keep he's gonna keep going. He's he has a thousand yards in every season, I believe. Uh, almost, last year he only had, he had nine sixty one, but he is. Uh, I think oh, he's, okay. he's but, either number four. I think he's up to either number four or five. I think overall NFL career. So he's. I mean, he yeah. can't argue with what he's done. So. Right. All right. Well, so that's that's all I've got uh, for this one. So I guess next next show we're going to talk uh, specifically about uh, wide receiver rankings. Should be uh, yeah, that could eat up a whole hour too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This went a little bit longer than we planned, but that's okay. Uh, hey, um, if this is what the fans want. This is what we're going to give. Yeah, them. this is this is you know we've we've had email after email saying, hey, can you change it from a from a 10 minute show to a one hour show. And we thought we'd give it a shot. Yeah. You're welcome. Starbucks for giving you yeah. all the, all the air. Yeah. So yeah, we're also getting paid a lot for this. So 
by Starbucks. Current, current people, the current employees, they're they're already asleep on the couch, so they've they've stopped answering phone calls. They're spending money; but they don't even know it. <laughs> All right. well, oh, cool. well, I feel like I have to. Yeah, that was uh, that was a good that was a good good discussion. All right. Both sides of the division were rep- well represented. You want to talk about it later? Yep. All right. I'll see you. All right. Good job. The end. <laughs> Bye. Bye.